Good morning, Core Church. Y'all feeling well? One, two, and a three, and a four. Wonderful, wonderful. Super excited to be with you uh, this morning. Yeah, if you uh, if you have been tracking with us, we we are starting a new series. Last week we finished up tactics. It was a really great series about how when we follow Jesus, man, we learn how to stand against the enemy. And uh, so this this new series to a new place. Someone say to a new. Place. place to a new place to a new place. Hey, this is really um, this is really important to me because I believe that God has not called us to be stagnant. Yes, there are still moments, but we are constantly growing. We're constantly moving. We're constantly being shaped by Jesus. And so there's this trap that we all go through that we just want to stay stuck. Maybe we don't like the new thing. Maybe we're just comfortable where we're at. Am I speaking only to myself here? Okay, yeah. So we like, we like our little zone. We like our little house. It's nice and beautiful. But here's the thing, is that God is always, always moving us into a new place, whether it be a new faith, whether it be a new personal strength, whatever it is, whether it be moving to Arizona. I don't know if that's what God's calling you to. That's dope, okay? And so to a new place. That's what this series is about. And obviously, um, as Emmy was, was talking about, we are moving. <laughs> Literally, Core Church is moving to a new place. And so I wanted to talk about, in light of that, how we can do that well. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Hey, so I want to share this with you. This is in Psalm 32. And I, I did this in the Passion Translation because I think it brings to light so much more emotion, so much more understanding. Psalm 32, it says this, I hear the Lord saying, so the, 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 the writer says, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes. Ooh, not Nick Miller's eyes, not my desires, not Nick Miller's ways and thoughts. No, no, no. Leading us forward with his eyes as your guide. Keep going. So don't make it difficult. Oh, this is like, I can't wait to preach this, this message, folks. Don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you to where you've not been before. Church, we fear the new. We fear the unknown. And we do a wonderful time at being stubborn and staying still. And God is constantly pulling on, on, on us on this journey. So don't, don't be stubborn when I take you to where you've not been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. How beautiful is that? Just come with God. Just walk with Jesus and he will usher you into the new place. Uh, other versions of this, they actually use the, the illustration of a donkey. Don't make me pull you like a donkey. <laughs> you stubborn mule, right? Sorry, I'm goofy. Anyways, so, so don't, don't tug back. God's calling you to something new. He wants to do something fresh in your life. Take you to a new place. Don't be stubborn and don't pull back. I am the king of pulling back. <laughs> All right, but here's what I want to say, and this is the whole, the whole center of this series. Christ is pulling us. He is leading us to a new place. He's leading you to a new place. It's not just the church collectively, but individually. Christ is leading us to a new place. I love this, Philippians 1, uh, verse 6. It says it like this. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. In other words... He started something magnificent in you. He has beautiful plans for you. He wants to see you grow and take new land and go into places that you've never seen before. And he will do it up until the day that Christ returns. Yeah. He's going to take you on this maturing 
process. I love this. The, the Passion Translation says it like this. Again, a little bit more wordy. I pray with great faith for you because I am fully convinced that the one, Jesus, who began this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing. Again, we would love to just stay in our little box. We would love to just stay where it's nice and comfy. But God is, if, you're, if you gave your life to this Jesus, he is taking you along on this journey of maturity. Maturing you and will put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, this is a journey of constant growth and movement. Yes, there are still moments. Yes, there are times where God asks you to wait. But that waiting is to take you into a new place. That waiting is perhaps to prepare you for what is next. God is constantly shaping a story. I would say it like this. Have we ever made it there yet? We're constantly growing. We're constantly getting there. We're constantly being shaped and molded by Jesus. Amen, church? Amen. And so uh, I I'll tell you that there's been times in my life, and I'm not perfect at this, but I have found that when God is calling me to something new, even if I'm scared, even if I'm fearful, I got to embrace it. And so I'll tell you a story, and, and I'll, I'll brush through it quickly. But when I was 18 years old, uh, I, I got the call, and, and I feel God pressing on my heart to go to Hillsong Church, to Hillsong College. And uh, if you know anything about me, I'm the biggest mama's boy in the world. Don't come at me, okay? I love my mom more than my own soul, all right? And so I'm, my mom, I'm a mama's boy, okay? And I had never been out of the house more than two hours without my mama, okay? And so this step, this call, this, this journey that I was to embark on, which would set up the rest of the course of my life, was perhaps one of the most fearful things. I've ridden on planes with my mama. I've, you know, ordered out food with my mom. I've done chores with my mom. I've done everything with her. And now this call for something brand new to as a young 18-year-old to fly on a plane and go to college by myself, do my own chores, my own laundry, live my own life, make sure I get to the place that I'm supposed to go on time by myself, make sure you wake up and don't push snooze, right? I was called to a new place. And if you've heard this story before, the journey was the most miserable journey ever. As an 18-year-old, my luggage separated from me. I didn't have boxers. I was really scared and terrified. I get to my house. They don't have a microwave or an oven. So I'm like, what do I eat? I don't know. I've never eaten anything without a microwave, okay? And so this journey was terrible. This journey was terrible. But I'll tell you what, everything in me up until the very moment of me getting onto the plane, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to. I felt this call. I felt that God was guiding me to this place, right? We talked about that scripture, leading me. And up until the very last moment, until I got into the seat of the plane, I was tugging back like the donkey that we talked about earlier. I didn't want to go. And again, I've found, I've found through that journey, yes, there were some hardships. Yes, there were some trials. Yes, it was confusing. Yes, I was on my own and I was afraid and I didn't have all of it together and I was kind of a mess, especially the first month. Mega mess, okay? Crying every night as an 18-year-old, like, grown kid, okay? Crying. Mega mess. After that year, though, of intense discipleship and leadership within the church and, and, and diving into what they have for me and and really growing and pursuing God with everything I got, my course was forever changed. My journey was forever changed. I will tell you that if I had said no to the new, I wouldn't be here today. 
If I had said no to the new, I probably wouldn't have met my wife. If I had said no to the new, I probably wouldn't have my beautiful children. If I had said no to the new, I wouldn't have you guys as a family. And so I have found that even when the fear is real, even when I'm on my own and I'm, I'm terrified, even though I don't know what the outcome is, that when God is calling us to new, I've found, hey, don't pull back, just go with it. I've found this over and over again. Honey, how old was I when I married you? 22? Crazy. What's a 22-year-old getting married for? I don't know anything. But it was, it was beautiful and it was new for me. And we've been on an incredible journey. And again, had I said no to where God was making things happen and, and putting things in and out of my life, had I, had I said no, I, I would have missed out on a lot of blessings. Do you know how terrified I am or am and was starting this church? I'm 26. Oh, now I'm 27. <laughs> I'm 27 years old. What do I know? Can I tell you what, what goes through my mind personally? What can a 27-year-old offer Jason Toss every week? That's what goes through my head. How can I? I've never maintained a budget in my life. Still don't. That's true. How can I, I, how can I do this? How can I do this? There's people who, who are, are, are so generous and faithful. I'm scared out of my mind. I'll be honest with you. But I'll say yes to the call every time. And I'm just trying to be transparent with you all. This is not like, I know every week it's like, oh, Nick has it together. Jazz hands, he's going crazy. No, I don't. No, I don't. But what I have found in my life that is when I say new or when I say yes to the new, I, f I find some pretty good results. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so uh, th 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 there's this truth. New can be intimidating and overwhelming. Amen? Amen? It's terrifying. Nobody likes new. Everyone, oh, if I said who here likes change, those who raise their hand, yeah, cool. Okay, you like change. All right. Cool. Yeah, right. All right. It it's intimidating. It's overwhelming. It takes us out of our comfort zone. It shapes everything else around us. We like our feng shui, folks. I like my life how it is. And whether it's a new, amazing, wonderful thing, or if it's a new, ooh, not so good change. Hey, if it's a new, amazing thing, and you're getting promoted in your job, and you're like, oh, do I take this promotion? I'm kind of nervous. It's going to be a lot more responsibility, but a lot more pay. Hey, oh, okay. And so how do I do this? I'm, I'm kind of nervous about it. Do I step? Or vice versa. I've been in this relationship way too long and I can tell it's killing me inside. I gotta, I gotta do something new. New is intimidating and overwhelming because maybe on the other side of that decision is a few months of loneliness and character shaping. And we don't like that. New, whether great or bad, is intimidating and overwhelming. And I gotta say this too, is that Jesus is not always about the external. New is not all just about the external. The truth is, is that I think that God wants to do a lot more new things in us internally. That's right. yeah, that's he right. wants to shape us on the inside out. He wants to do something new in your heart. Yeah, it's cool. He'll put you in a, in a cool house. Yeah, he'll, he'll get you in the right job. But what he really wants to do is he wants to say, hey, that jealousy that's been eating at you for 17 years, bro, I'm done with it. The Spirit wants to get that out. Hmm. That unforgiveness that you've had towards your brother, he wants to get that out. It's enough thanksgivings with nobody meeting. 
He wants to do something new in us. That addiction that you got that's weighing you down, bro, it's time to put the computer away. And it's through my power, through the Spirit of God's power in you that you can do it. Through His leading. Through His leading. New is not always external. Not always is He going to call you to Arizona. He wants to change what's happening on the inside. Amen, church? So here's my big question for today. This is what I ask myself, and this is what I want to ask all of you guys. Why do we tug back when he calls us forward? Why do we tug back when he calls us forward? Hmm. Why is it that I, I know I want to build relationships with people, but I just can't speak the word? I'm too shy or I'm too afraid of opening up when I could be walking in flourishing relationships. I don't have all that I need. Oh, this is a huge one. I don't know if we're called to have children yet. I don't have the right finances in place. I don't know about that. I need to make sure that before I get married, I got this job, this job, this job, this job, this job lined up. I got to make sure that I have the right bank account before I get married. And we tug back on this new thing all the time. Am I preaching to anyone? And so the truth is, is we're not the only ones to struggle with new. It's not a new thing. (laughs) Pun intended. It's not a new thing. All throughout the scriptures, you can find that even the mightiest of people, even the most faith-filled people struggled with this concept. So we're not alone. (laughs) New has been intimidating since the beginning of time. New has been overwhelming since the beginning of time. And so I want to jump into a story. If you guys got your Bible out, you got your phone, go ahead and open to Exodus 3. Yeah, we're going into Old Testament today. hey okay? And so jump into Exodus 3, and you'll find the story of Moses, okay? Moses was this man who was uh, left at birth, and he, you know, found his way into the uh, courts of the Pharaoh in, in Egypt, and he was born and raised in, in oh man, king kingdom, okay? And he had a beautiful life, and all of a sudden he made this mistake. The Israelites were his main people. They were his birthright people, and the Israelites were slaves to the Egyptians. And there's one day where Moses is witnessing this heinous act and he goes and he kills an Egyptian in defense of his fellow Israelite and he runs away from the Pharaoh and he runs away from the kingdom. And for years and years, he's in hiding. And all of a sudden in Exodus chapter 3, God speaks to him in the form of a burning bush, which if I saw a burning bush and it started talking, I'd be like, nope, weird stuff, bro. Mm -mm. Not coming towards that thing. But Moses apparently had some crazy curiosity. He's like, oh, burning bush. Let's go talk to this thing. All right. And so this, this bush is burning. And, and, and all of a sudden, God starts talking to Moses. Moses is like, what do you want, bush? All right. And, and, and God starts speaking to Moses. And so we can uh, go to chapter 3, verse 7. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. It goes like this. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land. Someone say a new place. A new place. A good and spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey. I just want you to know that before we step into this next point, that to get to that land, there's quite a lot of process. But I will tell you this. When you get to the new place, the new place is always a good and spacious land. When you get that jealousy out of your heart, 
it's an ugly process, but when you come through on the other side, that burden that is lifted from your shoulders is a good and spacious land. When you find where you're meant to be, where God is, is specifically placing you to be, I'll tell you what, I, before coming and doing core church, I was doing the same thing. I was ministering and preaching and teaching. But when I am in the land that I was supposed to be, it feels good and spacious. This feels natural to me. This feels like I'm walking in my anointed place. I might have been forcing it before, but now this is my good and spacious place. Doing the same thing, but this is good and spacious. And it's not to anything that was bad happening before. It's just when you walk into the place that God is calling you to, it is good and spacious. Amen, church? So the new place is always good and spacious. Whether, again, whether we have to go through a bad thing or whether it's a promotion and a good thing, it always goes to a good and spacious land. When God is leading you, he can only lead you to good and better. That's it. He can only lead you to good and better. So it goes on. Uh, A land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. If you can say that better, you can come preach. Go ahead. All right. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Here's the call folks. So now go. Moses, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh, the biggest, baddest dude on the earth at this time. I'm sending you to him to bring my people, the Israelites out of Egypt. There's the call. That's the Nick. Go to Hillsong. Thank goodness I wasn't called to go talk to Pharaoh, the biggest, baddest dude ever. There's that call that Moses receives. God, he wants to bring the entire nation of Israel to a new place led by Moses. Can I tell you the truth? This is a really intimidating call. This is a big deal. Again, you, Moses, guy who formerly murdered someone, I'm going to send you back to that land where you are a criminal, okay? And I'm going to send you back and you're going to talk to the biggest, baddest dude on earth right now, the guy who's above everything else on earth. I'm going to send you to him so that you can pull his entire labor force out. And I was afraid about getting on a plane going to Australia. Go talk to this, this pharaoh and see what happens. Can I tell you what happens at this moment for people like me and people like you and even people like Moses, a man of faith? We begin to question the call. (laughs) We'll make excuses and we will avoid the unknown. Am I right? This happens every time something big, intimidating, overwhelming comes up in our life and we're like, oh, no, did you really say that? I don't think so. Ah, you know, I'm, I'm just really busy. I'm in a really busy season. I don't know if I can do that. Or you know what? I don't think I heard that in the first place. And you just turn your eyes away from what God is calling you to do. In fact, you'll even shut up the call that's pulling on your heart. I do it too. This is what happens to all of us, and it even happens to Moses. And so I want to press on and look at what Moses faced because I think it's really pertinent, and it's actually what we face here as well. So we're going to go and continue. Exodus chapter 3, if you could pull up verse 11, it says this, But Moses said to God, Who am I? God, do you really know who I am? A few years ago, I killed this person. Do you really know who I am? Not only that, but like, You can't even just like send me a couple people with me. Like it's always easier to do it together. But you're like, just me. I, Moses, am supposed to go to this Pharaoh. Little old me. 
Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? One man. Sometimes the call can be pretty lonely and we feel like we have to do it by ourselves. Amen, church? It becomes really intimidating when we feel like we got to do it on our own. And look at how God responds to Moses when he says, I got to do this by myself. Look at what God says. I will be with you. Someone say, with you. With you. I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. It's a beautiful promise that God says, I will be with you. When I feel like I got to do this on my own, God is with me. So we're talking a little bit earlier about the tug. The question was, why do I tug back when he calls me forward? First tug. I have to do this myself? I got to do this on my own. I have to have this awkward conversation with my loved one. I have to start this business. I have to humble myself in my conversation with my wife. I have to. And we totally forget that God is with us. First tug, I have to do this myself. <laughs> Moses doesn't just stop there. If you go to chapter 4, God continues this conversation with him. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, it says it like this. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me? What if they do not believe me or listen to me when I say, or, or what if they do not believe me and listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? In other words, what if I fail? Does anyone have a fear of failure here? Come on. What if I fail? What if this conversation ends up really ugly? What if I make things worse? We talked about maybe perhaps getting out of a relationship. What if I feel very lonely or what if I just can't do it? What if I start and then she gives me the puppy dog eyes and I'm like, oh, we'll keep trying. What if I fail? Fail is a huge thing. That was a huge thing on Emmy and I's heart when we were starting this. Oh my gosh, we could fall flat on our face. And, and part of that failure was the fear of looking bad in front of other people. When really it's not about other people in the first place. It's not about other opinions in the first place. It's about the call of God on our life. We fear failure. What if I get up here and make a buffoon of myself? What if people boo me? Boo. Thanks, Judd. <laughs> My best friend booing me. Thanks, Judd. Appreciate you, bro. What if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is it that you got in your hand? He's got a staff. A staff, he replied. The Lord said, the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Crazy stuff, okay? Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and he took hold of it. He took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and God of Jacob has appeared to you. What if I fail? Can I tell you the second tug? The second tug is, what if I fail? And what God just said, and what God just did when he threw his staff down, what if I fail? What God just did is he said, hey, buddy, I got all the power in the world. You're, you're walking with the creator of the universe. You see the staff, how it just turned into a snake and back into his staff? You think you're going to fail? Nah, you won't fail. If I've called you to it, you won't fail. If I've called you to it, you won't fail. It might be a little bit bumpy. And it's okay if you're a little bit scared, but you won't fail. 
It won't fail. The story goes on. Chapter 4, verse 10. It goes like this. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and you will teach what it is. Uh, you will teach and, and I will teach you what to say. I'm sorry. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. It's the last thing that we're concerned with. And Moses faces the same thing when stepping into something new. Third tug. What if I don't have the skill, strength or resource to do this? What if I'm just not good enough? What if I'm just not, what if I don't have the right words to say? What if I don't have the money to start this dream and pursue after what's God, what God is calling me to? What if I, what if I'm, what if I, what if I don't have enough? My mom and I, we were talking about this and, and, and Emmy was talking about the 4041 offering and we're close to our goal, but we don't have enough. And I looked at her and we're trying to be responsible too, right? Don't be irresponsible. But I, I looked at her and I said, if God is calling us to it, we will always have enough. He will give us everything that we need. Moses says, ah, I'm not a good speaker and I'm not eloquent in my speech, bro. You're sending the wrong person to go and talk to this mighty Pharaoh. And God says, I will give you what you need. What if I don't have the skills? What if I don't have the resource? What if I don't have the strength to do this? God will give you everything that you need. Can I show you the the last shocking statement that, that Moses says? Moses says, In regards to the new place, pardon your servant, Lord. Send someone else. You ever said that? Mm, I don't want to do this. You're calling me to a new place. It's too big for me. I'm too scared. What if I fail? What if I don't have my stuff together? What if I don't have the resources? What if I don't have the skill to do this? Hey, man, too big of a call. Send someone else. And the whole point of this series is that we can get comfortable and that we can understand what happens internally when the call comes so that unlike Moses, when he says, hey, I'm taking you to a new place, we can all say, here I am, send me. Amen, church? I don't, want to step, I, don't want to, I don't want to step away from something new. I don't want to be too afraid. I don't want to step back. When he calls me to something, I want to go. We can be our own biggest opt- obstacle when called to a new place. We can be our own biggest obstacle. Look at Moses, a mighty man of faith. And now God, God, to wrap up the story, God goes to Moses and says, nah, you're not getting out of it. I'm sending you anyways, go. And he literally, like Moses is bringing up all these excuses and God nails every one of them. Oh, you can't speak? I'll send your brother Aaron. Bum, bum, bum. And he says, yeah, you got to go. Kick him out. And he starts going back to Pharaoh. And if you guys know the story, <laughs> Moses leads the nation of Israel out of slavery. When you say yes, whenever you embrace the new, you will do mighty things on this earth. It will be a good and spacious land. Amen, Amen, church? So, big question. What do we know now? We're learning about this new place. You have been given a call. We are constantly growing. We're constantly maturing. Yes, there are still moments. There's going to be moments where we wait, but God is taking us into a new place constantly. So what do we need to know? What three things can we learn from Moses? Number one, we're not alone. 
We're not alone. That's so important. From the very get-go, understand that when God is calling you to a new place, he doesn't kick you out the door and say, good luck. He walks with you. Can I get an amen on that? He doesn't just kick you out so you're on your own. Nick Miller on his own is very weak. I can't do a thing on my own. The steps that I've taken with new, if they weren't with God, I would have fallen flat on my face. And I've also had times where I've messed up and I've fallen flat on my face too. But when you understand when he's with you, you'll be okay with stepping into the new. It's still terrifying. It's still overwhelming. It's still intimidating. But we can step into the new when we know that we're with God. Amen? Amen. So have I not commanded you? Joshua 1.9. Joshua was the successor to Moses to lead the people into the promised land. So he knows about new. He knows what it's like to receive a call to go into a good and spacious land. And Joshua receives this encouragement from God. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is what? He's with you wherever you go. He's with you wherever you go. If he's calling you to the promised land, he is with you on that journey. You're not just on your own, church. I'm not just on my own. When we started this marriage, God was with us in starting this marriage. It wasn't just Nick Miller trying to do it on his own. It wasn't just M trying to do it on her own. We were with God in that. And God has been with us on that journey. Do you not know, if you want further proof, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? So not only is he with you, he's in you right in this very moment. If you've given your life to Jesus, he is in you. If you don't believe that he's with me, if you're feeling lonely, read these two scriptures because I don't know how you can't tell that God is with you. And I'm speaking to myself. I got to remind myself that God is with me. When it feels too big, when it feels so overwhelming, when I feel like I don't have enough, God is with me. Amen, church? Amen. Not only is he with me, he's in me. He's in me. What do we now know? What do we now know? He doesn't fail. Number two, he doesn't fail. Church, when he says it, it will happen. When he says, you're going to do this amazing thing, when he says, I'm going to take out some of the ugly stuff in you and I'm going to replace it with some heavenly stuff. When he says it, it will happen. And like a donkey, if you want to tug back and make the journey miserable, he's going to still get you to point B, folks. You can either make it miserable or you can just go with it. But understand that when we're tugging and when we're afraid to fail, he doesn't fail. Nick Miller fails. He doesn't. Nick Miller makes mistakes. He doesn't. He doesn't. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. First of all, that's a huge deal. If he's calling you to a place, he's already been there and he's prepared the way. Wow. He's going ahead of you. He's making that road available to you. He will not fail or forsake you. Do not be feared or dismayed. Again, there's that fear of failure that we're talking about. He's gone ahead of you and he will not fail you. And so when we receive a call on our life, you can take it to the bank that it's going to happen. And I don't have to try, like, like, hear me out on this. I don't have to put Nick Miller effort into it. I just got to trust that he's going to make it happen. Because Nick Miller, if he starts putting in effort and he starts taking over the driving wheel and he starts trying to lead the way, Nick Miller fails endlessly. But when we allow God to lead us through, when we stop tugging and we just go with it, we will win. We'll get to the good and spacious land. 
Second thing. So, put this up here. Isaiah 55, it says, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. This is God saying. Other, other translations will say, It will not return void. In other words, when he speaks a word, it will happen. It doesn't come back like, oh, it didn't happen. It happens. When he says something, it happens. When he says he's going to heal you, it happens. When he says he's going to promote you, it happens. When he says he's going to separate this relationship from you, it's going to happen. You can go along with it or not. My word will not return void, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I have sent it. It will achieve the purpose for which I have sent it. So he's going to take you to a new land. And when he says it, it will happen and it will achieve the purpose for which it has been sent. God is not just sending you to a new and spacious land just to be new and spacious. He's sending you to a new and good land so that you can glorify him, so that you can serve him, so that your life can show off who he is. There's a purpose in you getting rid of that jealousy. There's a purpose in you getting promoted in that job. It's to show off how good God is. Yeah, good. And so if he's calling you to it, yeah, it's not for you. It's for him, ultimately. It's for yeah. him to be glorified. So he's going to accomplish it. He will not fail. It will not return void. Amen, church? Last thing. The things that we know, the things that we know now, is that he gives us every skill and resource. He gives us everything we need. I was, uh, I was like 13 years old and uh, I auditioned for singing. And when I was younger, I used to sing the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Scott Tissue, Dad, I wish you saw. Okay. Thanks, Dad. I used to sing Red Hot Chili Peppers and I didn't know that God was shaping and molding me. And when I gave my life to Jesus when I was a, a, a young teenager, that gift started to blossom. And I, I, I auditioned and I started leading worship. And it was a beautiful thing. And, 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 and the truth is, is that I don't want to say it just came naturally, but God was stirring a, a skill in me to get me to the place where I needed to be. And then what happened out of the blue is he said, it's time for you to go talk about it. And if you know me, I'm, I'm not afraid to talk about anything, but preaching was scary. I was like, nah, God, you called me to be a worship leader forever and ever and ever. I thought I was going to lead like Joel Houston until I'm 58 years old, worship leading. Nah, nah, nah. He started cultivating a, a, a speaking gift in me. And I was open to it and I was saying yes to it. And I was terrified. My first message was terrible. It's terrible. But God has been growing and shaping this gift in me. And I've, I've, I've seen that he is the one that has supplied the skill, not me. Yes, I can do the stuff on my side. Yes, I can learn. Yes, I can practice. Yes, I can do the things. But I, I am not equipped in my humanness to do what I'm doing. Nah, not good enough. He's the one who's given me everything I need. He's the one who's giving you everything you need. I got to tell you, when it comes to being a dad, <laughs> talk about new. Before Warren, I had never held an infant. They terrify me. <laughs> Terrible. But I'll tell you what, that something happened whenever I saw Warren. First of all, I was on my knees weeping, prostrate before the Lord. Call it that, okay? When Warren, when Warren was here, breathed his first, first breath, I was dying out loud. I was like, oh my gosh. And I held him. He was maybe there for two minutes. 
just something happened when he gives you what you need and I started comforting my son in a way that I've never comforted a baby before. It was different. He gave me everything I needed to be a good father. A new place. I'd never experienced that before. And I'm not perfect, but I do know that he continues to give me everything I need to be the dad, the new dad that I'm called to be. I love this, Philippians, it says it like this. Philippians 4, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whatever situation is new and coming up, I know the secret. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Him. Guys, this isn't about like, uh, like so many people read this and like, I can do all things, yeah. Don't forget, it's Him. It's Him who resources you. It's Him who equips you. It's Him who gives you skill. It's not I can do all things. It's Him who does it. It's Him who does it, church. Not me. It's Him who does it in me. I cannot get up here and say, Nick Miller's doing this. It will fall short. It will not be truthful. It will be weak and it will lack the authority of God. Yeah, this has to be him. This is why I toil so much. This is why I study so much. I don't want it to be a Nick Miller product. I want it to be his strength. Not me. Not me, ever. I can try everything we're doing when it comes to this building. I can try everything and force it all the way through. But it's not my strength that's going to get us to a new land. It's going to be his strength that gets us to a new place. Amen, church? I don't want to stress and toil over that. It's his strength that's going to do it. Philippians 4. I love this. It says this in, in 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 2 Peter 1 verse 3. It says this, for his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for dynamic spiritual life and godliness. In other words, God's goodness has deposited everything that you need to live a life that glorifies him. He's given you everything that you need to live a life that's going to go into some new places. Everything that you need to go and take on that next level, that next maturing level. He's given you everything that you need. He's given me everything that I need. <laughs> Through true and personal knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Hmm. Church, y'all want to step into a new place today? That was a question. Y'all want to step into a new place today? Yeah, we have to know. <laughs> He is with us, He will never fail, and He gives us everything that we need. Amen, church? Amen. This is a journey of constant forward growth and movement. Christ is leading us to a new place. Amen, church? We're really excited about the building, but I'm excited about God leading us to a new place personally. It's not about a four walls and a roof, church. It's not about that. God is leading us to a new place. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for everything that you're doing. We thank you that hmm, you would not leave uh, a Nick Miller, a broken person like me, just on my own, but you would give everything so that I may connect with you, walk with you through this journey, and step into some glorious, glorious new land. And so I pray over each and every one of us, whatever it is that new thing, I pray that they take the first step today. Whatever that new land is, God, I pray that they take one step in that direction, not on their own strength, but God, I pray that they would take that step fully led by you. God, I pray against the tugging ever again, God. I pray that we would not tug when you call us, but that we would walk with you forward into the new 
place. We're tired of pulling back. We're excited for what is ahead of us. And it only comes from you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Hey, let's stand together and let's worship God with everything we got. Come on.